And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of Startup Hustle. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Today we have with us a, a purple-haired marketing maven by the name of Megan Brame, and I'm really, really excited to talk to her about her journey. Megan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, Lauren, I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, so so I, I have to tell you, I have been, over the course of the past couple of days, I've been looking at like your Instagram, I've been looking at your website. And I'm really, really intrigued, and I really want to hear your story. So we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're all about, and and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh, I guess the beginning is a very good place to start, right? <laughs> all right. I, right. Uh, I uh, started in my in college. Actually, I started a soap and a skincare company, and it became my full-time gig and it was very cool. You know, I had my own studio space. I had, it supported me. I won five industry awards. You know, I got my name in the New York times. There was all this just amazing stuff happening with it, except that I would not give up control of anything. I was, (laughs) you know, I was afraid to spend the money. I was afraid to give up control. I had that mentality of like, screw it. I can do it faster than training somebody. So I'm just going to do it. And so like I did the packaging and I did the shipments and fulfillment and creations and marketing and everything, um, web development, whatever. And (laughs) not surprising, I'm sure you'll decide that uh, I burned out very, very quickly. I, uh, was talking to my husband one day in the kitchen and he's, we were just talking about our day. And he said to me, you know, it doesn't really sound like you're happy. And that was like getting hit by a Mack truck, you know, like, wait, why do you think I'm not happy? And what, what does that mean? And so I started to really think about that. Like, am I not happy? Why, if, I'm happy, then why do I sound like that to him who knows me the best? Or am I not happy if I've been lying to myself? And I started to realize that this company that I had built had gone from, you know, dream career to job I hated. And I hated going to work every day. I hated looking at the soaps. I hated, like, I just hated it. And I decided in 2015 to close it and to walk away and I could have sold it, but it it was just like a bad breakup. You know, I just wanted to be done and I wanted to move away from it and just start over again. So I closed it and 
it's funny. I had a studio that was in a building of multiple studios. And so I'd made friends with a couple of people there and, you know, they'd come over and we'd talk, shoot the shit. And they would just, I told them, I was like, you know, in May, my lease is up and I'm closing my business. And they would go, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, no, no, I'm super pumped. I am way excited for this. And I, I tell you, like I would have, this was um, in Brooklyn and I would have skipped to the subway on my way home that day. If I could have, I was just like, it was such an amazing feeling to be free of this good smelling albatross on my shoulders. Oh my gosh. I love that. Good smelling albatross. But then I had to figure out like, okay, well, how am I going to support myself? Like now, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I had this blog that was happening at the time. It's called Handmade Brooklyn. And it was about cataloging all the cool stuff that I saw in Brooklyn, like when I was going to craft fairs or street shows, whatever, and just the other artisans I was meeting. But um, it started to transition into my experiences as an entrepreneur and just the stuff that I was learning as I went, mostly the hard way, uh, doing some deep truths about the problems that I was having, giving up control. And, it, you know, it's it's kind of not cliche, but it, it's like a catchphrase now. Like I had a I had a scarcity mindset. I had just a fear of not enough, both like myself internally and financially, all of that stuff. And so I started to really look at Handmade Brooklyn and see that, oh, this is something I really like doing. I really like talking about my experiences and getting comments from entrepreneurs about like just connecting with people. And so I rebranded Handmade Brooklyn to my name, Megan Bream, and started just really talking specifically to entrepreneurs who I said, like they're kitchen table entrepreneurs, like they're working after work on the weekends at the kitchen table, really trying to build this business, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know. You know there was no business class. There was no, you know, they sort of found this passion and decided to make a go of it. And now they really want to dive deep into it, but they don't know how to. And so that's who I started talking to because that was my own experience. And from there, it just it catapulted into, you know, getting to talk to you and having courses and you know, just all of these amazing opportunities. And I just wrote my first book. It, it was just like, oh my gosh, congratulations. <laughs> and it, it, that just became like, I knew that that was my path. And I angle that with what I really love to talk about, and you know, you and I were talking about this before, and it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I love to talk about marketing. I love it because it's so stupidly fascinating to me that, like, you know, it's not, it's not selling exactly. So it's, it's like polite selling in a way. Like, it's about having a conversation with somebody and having a conversation with your customer and making sure that you're saying the right words so that, you know, you can convey that whatever product or service you have, like I can help you. I have this thing. It will solve your problems. And 
learning marketing is just learning how to say that the right way. And so I started to really realize like, that's what I really love to talk about. And that's really what I love to angle my conversation with entrepreneurs about. It's about creating value-based marketing initiatives. And now I feel like I'm rambling, but that's like, no, no, this is great. (laughs) That's what I love to specifically teach entrepreneurs is you don't need to be afraid of marketing. Um, Marketing doesn't have to be this huge void that just money and time gets sucked into because, uh, you know, like 10 Instagram followers isn't $10. And uh, to someone who is really just trying to make it in the world and make ends meet and support themselves or support their family or, you know, pay off debt or whatever. Like it marketing can be a really terrifying thing to invest in because you don't have that direct ROI. So that's really where I try and help entrepreneurs just figure out, uh, figure out how to not be afraid to market and to realize that it's not about feeling gross selling doesn't somebody it's not about feeling like you're intruding or being impolite it's about learning both the mindset of helping and finding the ways to convey that you have things that solve problems you are a problem solver and that is worthy of support emotionally, financially, you know, whatever, whatever you most need fulfilled with. Yeah, no, I I love that. And I, I, I do think that a lot of people, and, and I, I would actually posit that women in particular, but I, I have no data to back this up. This is just me like going with my gut here, have a really difficult time being obtrusive, mm-hmm. I guess. Thinking that they are, to your earlier point, you know, having monologuing Mm -hmm. at someone rather than having that dialogue. But I think that reframing the context of, of that conversation, like what we're doing here is we are actually, we're offering a service. What we do has value and here is how we communicate that. So, so I, I love that that mindset. One of the things I, I, I wanted to note this. I like I, I've been taking notes about you. I don't know if you knew, if you knew this, but <laughs> one of the things that struck me most about, um, in particular, your website, but it comes through in some of your so, uh, other social channels, is the fact that you are you are very capably setting your customers and your stakeholders and and the people that you're trying to reach, you're setting them up for success. You offer so many different resources on your website. (laughs) That is is the nicest compliment. Thank you. Well, I mean, but what I point being like, you're, you are not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk. You're like, you're giving freely of your expertise and your information so that people can feel some semblance of comfort. Um, you know, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, they do they, much like you and much like me, like they have that control thing where mm-hmm. you know, I can always do it better, <laughs> I can do it faster. I'm the, this is my baby. I'm the one who cares the most about this. And, and that is absolutely true. But then when you take something that they might not know anything about, like marketing, how do you maintain that control? How do you maintain that strong passion and message mm-hmm. and involve someone else? Well, you're giving people the tools and empowering them by offering them information just right out the gate. 
And I love that. <laughs> Thank you. And you, you bring up a really good point about women feeling like I, I was trained to be polite and not to um, be rude or, you know, promote myself, you know, <laughs> stay, stay pretty, stay humble, you know, stay yeah. modest. And that just goes completely against how you need to survive as an entrepreneur. Right. And yeah. I think especially, you know, you were talking about resources and I don't know if you feel this way too, but as a woman, I, I'm not supposed to ask for help. I'm not supposed to ask you know, like I'm just supposed to stay in the background, not need to rock the boat. And right. I think that that one is completely unfair and two is completely unrealistic. You know, we all need help and we all need, you know, people to grab our hand and pull us up. And so I, I don't have a marketing background. You know, my degree was <laughs> a useless degree, uh, social sciences, and it was a hybrid of psychology, sociology, and history. So on its own, that's not really going to help me very much. But it, like, looking back now, it made me realize, like, oh, I've, al I've always had this interest in, like, what moves people and what, what ticks boxes, you know, like color and verbiage and things like that. And so... um I don't have a professional marketing background. I learned from other people. And so it's, I feel like it's my responsibility to keep that going. And so nobody wins hiding secrets and keeping things to ourselves. Like I, I wouldn't have learned to do what I do were it not for other people giving so freely. And so I feel like it's my responsibility to keep that going too. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I love that. Um, one thing that I do, I want to, I want to actually go back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier before we circle back to, to the kind of finite marketing conversation, but I, sure. I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, the freedom to walk away. That's mm -hmm. something that you said earlier and, and that you were talking about this, you know, weight that was kind of lifted, um, when you stopped working with your, your skincare company. And I wanted to see, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. Cause I find that so interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are so, um, entrepreneurs are passionate and they are, they truly believe that their solution is the one that's going to change the world. And it's one of the things that I admire most about entrepreneurs. I think it's also one of the things that makes entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship a very precarious place to be. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I, what I find most interesting about your journey as you were relaying it is the fact that at some point you had to close a door to find a window. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs often have to do that. Like if, if something isn't working, then we need to find a way to make it work. We need to blast through these obstacles and these feelings. And so, so what, what brought you to that point? Like what made you uh, able to give yourself permission to make a, what fundamentally would be a very life-changing, very, very um, significant decision? Mm -hmm. Uh, well, it's interesting because when I was telling, I, one of the things that I've always been very big with is um, 
having friends in my industry, you know, like some of them might be direct competitors, but it, I, I made this portmanteau called friend competitors, where it was just like, <laughs> these are the people who understand you the most because they, they know the, um, the unique situation that you're in as an entrepreneur in this industry. And I had a couple of from competitors who were also in the soap and skincare industry. And I was telling them this and telling them like, I'm thinking about closing my business. And yeah, uh, I, 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 I'll go back to that in a second. But one of them was saying like, yeah, I've been thinking about that too, but I, well, I don't want them to know, like, I don't, what would people say? And I, it would be a failure. And I, like, there was this, level of insecurity and for the record i believe her business is still open um that i had too of at first i started thinking about like people are going to think i'm a failure or people are people 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 and i had this realization which is much easier said than done where i realized that these people are not paying my Amex bill. Like I have to pay my bills. I have to support myself. I can't do that on what people think. I can't do that on this, uh, like eth this feeling in the ether of what other people are going to say. These people don't matter because these people are not in my family and my family is my husband and myself and our pets, you know, like this is my nuclear family. These are the ones that are most affected by my decisions. And so what I have to do is consider that I have to consider my family, my American express bill and my, and my sense of self. You know, my, I can't run a business and my sense of self-worth like none of these can be run on outside opinions and so when I started thinking about closing my business you know I had to confront that and when I didn't I wasn't a therapist at this time so this was surprisingly all on my own and I just realized that I want more from my life. And I can't do that with the way things are going. So, you know, it's cliche, but to do something different, you've got to, to, to reach some new goal, you've got to do something different. And it's not worth it to keep myself in this job that I hate because of fear of the unknown. And if the unknown is a new business or um, outside people's perceptions or, you know, fill in the blank, then none of that is going to matter because they're not, they're not affected by it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, and, and I really, I, I believe that that, that is absolutely true. Like one of the things that, that you said that really resonated with me is, is, um, you know, others expectations don't pay the bills mm -hmm. and others, you know, beliefs and, and, you know, others telling me what they think I should or should not do has nothing to do with 
my potential success or potential for failure. Right. Um, and so, so I love that. And I, I just, I, I always really admire people who have the capability to step back and say, you know, this is something that I was doing, but it's not working for me anymore. And there, there's a lot of power in that. And I think that often, like, whether it be because of pride, or because of, you know, others expectations, um, you know, people struggle to, to do that, to, to listen to that inner voice and their inner self. And so, so I just, I I wanted to commend you for that before we got too far down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't do anything unique, you know, people who fight addictions or, you know, people like, I am just following this method of realizing that my life could be better if I just let myself do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I could, I could be happy as an entrepreneur if I just let myself and to let myself do that meant walking away from the thing that was making me miserable. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that there were probably people in your life when you did this at that time saying, are you crazy? No. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And, and ultimately, I mean, looking back now, you're happier right? You're doing what you truly and thoroughly love. For sure. And, you know, the, the change in my life, both mentally, but also like, now we have a house in upstate New York. Now we have our dog, we have, you know, we have so much more abundance in our life because I wanted to be better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. So I, I wanted to, before, again, before we get too, too much further down the line, I wanted to introduce you to another word that I heard because I, I was like, yes. uh, but have you ever heard of the term coopetition? No, I love that. <laughs> it's not my word. Um, I think it, I, might, I first heard it from my friend, M- Melissa, but I don't know if she came up with it either, but I, I totally understand like those people that fundamentally, like you would think that they're your competition, but the fact is you understand them better than anybody else because you have so much of a Venn diagram kind of intersect in what you're doing and there's an understanding. Uh, but yeah, I always, I've always loved that word, coopetition. And anytime you can bring a portmanteau in a, to a conversation, I mean, you're just golden, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so tell me, so you, you're a nerd for marketing Definitely. and you are, you're an expert at crafting a message and figuring out what makes people tick. And really like, I, that's what I love about marketing myself because marketing is a, is a very psychological thing. Like it's not just, you know, Hey, go and make a couple of tweets. It's figure out who you are and then be it and do it in everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's also about confidence. It's about saying that um, I know I won't be for everybody. And that's totally cool because the people who I am for get me wholeheartedly. Yeah. Well, and when you do that, that's when you see, you see like the brand evangelists yes. the people who are, you're just ardent diehard fans because you are absolutely true to your brand and your message and your beliefs and your values. Um, and that's the kind of, that, that, that's the kind of thing that people can really get behind. Um, and also like, 
in this world, people are buying from people. It's not about companies anymore. You know, how many times have you gone to a social media profile or a website and you can't figure out who the person is behind it? Like, it is this who's the owner who like how what is the story behind this and i've noticed in my own experiences like that turns me off to buying from them i i want that connection because i want to know that things are aligned and that there's a belief structure behind it do you know what i mean yeah absolutely well so so tell me if you are an entrepreneur, I'm going to ask you to give away all of your secrets. Excellent. But like I said, you're, you're, you're not really good at keeping secrets. You, you <laughs> all over the place. So I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, so, so if you are an entrepreneur and you are just starting out, um, what's your, what's your process in working with them? Oh, excellent question. So if, so let's say it's, um, what I call a one dayer. So there's one dayer and there's day one. And side note, that's what my book's about. Uh, so one dayers are the people who say, wouldn't it be really cool? Or wouldn't it be awesome? Or maybe someday and it, it never happens. So when those people are around, I get, I get turned off. When the people who are going to their day one of saying, I have this thing. I know it can help people. I know it's good. I just don't know how to start. And that's when they come to me. And that's when I say, okay, here is the plan. And to give you the plan, what it is, it's about starting at a goal, working backwards. So my goal is to launch this business. Okay. So what all needs to go into that? Well, you need to figure out your supply chain, whatever that is via product or service. Uh, you need to create a minimum viable product of product service, you know, whatever that is that you are going to be offering. You need to invest in the business. And that's the part that scares a lot of people and you know, as you heard from my story, I totally relate to that. So I do a lot of training on getting people past that and learning the difference between investing and um, throwing money at a problem. Yeah. And from there, so we start investing in professionals who can help you. So, you know, there's a hierarchy of professionals, I feel that a new business owner needs. And the ones that are most important right off the bat are lawyer and accountant. And they're scary to spend money on, but they are going to save you so much time. And especially when you find the right ones, you know, I have an accountant who, uh, I had an issue with, um, something with the New York state department of taxation and was emailing him back and forth. And then we were on a call and I was trying to explain the situation. He goes like, New York state's so full of shit. And I'm just like, you're my people. I know you are going to solve this problem for me of this, whatever this was like, you are going to fix it. And I believe in you. And I know that you are going to solve this for me. And so that's what I try and teach other people is that it's about investing in ways that will save you so much sanity and save you so much time. So once you've got your people set up 
and you've got your MVP set up. Now we're going to start talking about how you connect with your ideal fan base. And that's usually a lot of homework that people are afraid of because it's the standard things. And I'm sure you're familiar with creating an avatar features versus benefits, SWOT analysis, um, that's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If your listeners haven't heard of that and really doing a deep dive into who you want to sell to, where you can find your unfair advantage for lack of a better phrase, and how you can recognize the weaknesses of your business, but use that to your advantage. And the thing that scares a lot of people about that is by creating an avatar, you know, your ideal customer, you're afraid that you're limiting your opportunities. You know, in the beginning, a lot of entrepreneurs feel like I'll sell to anybody that wants to buy. I don't care. Whoever you are, if you're going to give me money, great. And it's learning how to break away from that and say like, okay, but are they, are they investing in you or are they causing you more frustration and more time? You know, I had this client who was selling things and she kept saying in the mastermind group that I have, I I keep getting these people that are coming to my business and they're not the right people. Like they're, they're causing me a lot of frustration and they're taking a lot of time. And why are they doing this? She was kind of blaming it on them. And I brought it back to her and I said, well, is it about what they're saying or is it about what you're marketing? So the internet is vast, right? It's infinite. And how these people are finding you is not an accident. So how are they finding you? Like, what are you putting out there that's bringing these people who you feel aren't right for you and your business? And how can you change that so that instead of these wrong people coming in and driving you crazy and wanting refunds and low reviews and things like, instead of them being attracted to this, how do we get rid of them and replace them with people who get what you're saying and get what you are offering and are excited about that? So that's usually the biggest step is just trying to get real and deep dive into what you want your business to be and who you want it to serve and staying true to that. So that's usually the biggest step that goes throughout the whole process, but it's the one that those boxes have to be checked before you launch. And that's usually where I work the hardest with my clients. Do you find that your clients tend to be receptive to, to these conversations or do you get some pushback? For sure. I get pushback. And I think that my experience is that it is insecurity. It's insecurity of doing it wrong, uh, not attracting the right people and being afraid of the investment of not, not monetarily investing, but the investment of putting all of your chips on this imaginary person that you've created, you know, this avatar of, you know, I've spent time on their age, their looks, what kind of money they have, their education. I spent all my life's time. And what if it's not right? What if, 
what if it's not, what if it's not enough? What if it's not, what if it's too much? What if it, you know, it's this insecurity of trusting that this person exists and wants your business and wants your business above your competitors. And so we have to do a lot of mindset work on that and creating the confidence in what you're offering. And more importantly, the confidence in your message of I am doing this to help and to help. I have to have a person that I can help. I can't just say I'm here and no one cares. So I'm here to help you. Here's why here's how that takes a lot of guts and it's, it's a resistance that I understand, but a resistance that has to be broken through. Right. So, so that, that actually begs the next question. How do you, and, and I, I'm asking this question, I think in the, in the broader sense of the question, but how do you break down that resistance? How do you convince someone that what you thought to be true may not necessarily be true? I unfortunately don't have the answer to that. It is therapy. (laughs) It's what that comes from is a, a feeling of not enough and a feeling of insecurity. And that is something that quite often needs to be addressed in therapy. Uh, I can give them the tools to look at it from a business and a marketing perspective, but that's something that has to be broken through mentally and speaking from my own experience, like being okay with saying I am enough and I am a problem solver. I am confident. I am, you know, I am abundance. I am joy. I like all of these, I am things takes a lot of work and it's not something that you can rely on your business to provide for you. You have to provide that for your business. It can't be, that you're, and you know, I learned this from closing my business. It it can't be that your ego is tied to your business. It has to be that you are confident in your message and that, that has to come from within. Right. Okay. Now I, I really like that. And I think one of the most powerful things that's someone can say when, when faced with a question is, I don't know. (laughs) I I really do. I I don't think people say that often enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so that was a very, very powerful thing. So, so tell me, I want to hear a little bit about your book, actually. What's it called? Tell me more. Tell me more. So it's called day one, a practical guide to launching your new business. And it is a further deep dive into all of these steps, just um, figuring out your plan, setting goals, figuring out the people that you need to bring in, being okay with bringing people in, uh, learning to be comfortable with a minimum viable product. You know, I had such a problem with that in my old business of just having one product. I, you know, I wanted 17 soaps and 10 scrubs and 15 candles because the more I had, the more that people would buy. And it was just a time suck and a money suck. And so a lot of that is about just learning how to 
find confidence in the process and starting slowly, learning as you go, but not starting slowly in the sense that you never accomplish it, but more starting, starting smartly, I guess is probably the better way. And smartly. I love that. (laughs) Starting smartly. And it includes a lot of stories from my own business and from, you know, the time that I lost a 20,000 unit order a week before shipping and the time, the time that I walked away from my business. And, you know, I feel like it's more important for me to show all of the terrible mistakes that I've made so that other people don't have to, and to help people understand that when you're launching a business, when you're reading this book or you're listening to the audiobook or, you know, whatever, you're understanding that it's all a process and every little bit that you take, every little step that you take is such a huge step forward from all the other people that are just saying someday, someday I would like to maybe one day. And if it ever gets frustrating and if if it ever gets, you know, bad, sad days, you get past it, you move on and you still get to your day one and you still launch your business because we all have those days. We all have those moments and we all still launch our business and they can do it too. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, and I I think again, you, you, as we're talking, like I just keep on getting struck by um, the power that you bring. And I think one of the things that you bring to the table just incredibly well is, um, authenticity. I mean, your, your Instagram handle is stop sucking at business. <laughs> How that, That's pretty real, you know? <laughs> and, and I, and I love that. Thank you. Um, and, and I think that this, I, I, we were talking about this a little bit before we, we hopped on this call here, but authenticity has kind of become the, the, the buzzword uh, of the day, but behind that is is people are craving real. They're craving, you know, instead of me saying, "Oh, I'm gonna teach you because I am perfect and infallible," and you know, let me be your guru. I feel like you come at it from a place of, "Here's what I've done. Here's what <laughs> benefit from my wisdom, and and I mean, benefit from my my screw ups and my successes." And that just feels very, very authentic. Uh, and, and I love that. <laughs> so, and I think that, uh, I think it's important because it doesn't need to keep happening. People don't need, if, if I can teach someone how to avoid those traps, then I should, you know, like it, it no one needs to keep reliving the frustrations that have already been solved by somebody else. Right. No, that's absolutely true. Well, so so let me, I'm going to, God, I could talk about this all day, but we can't talk about this all day. So uh, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you our my, my silly question. And I gave you a little bit of a heads up on this one. I don't usually give guests a heads up on my silly question. You are very lucky. Uh, but if you had a theme song, what would your theme song be? And I know you gave me a heads up and I still couldn't think of one. On the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I I do feel very lucky, but I still uh, this is still gonna be on the fly. So, it, like the first That's thing I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about being real, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the first thing that comes to my mind is probably something uh, with like a really fast beat, and like the first thing that came to my mind is, is Mr. Self-Destruct by Nine Inch Nails because that is like that is just the beat that I use whenever I'm really motivated like I want to get motivated but it has a terrible message so it's <laughs> there, is, there is no judgment here and I love Nine Inch Nails so okay good so I would say I would say the music of Mr. Self-Destruct without the message behind Mr. Self-Destruct I, I, I can dig that like almost like it was the the um not the acoustic version what's the what, what am I talking about um like the, the uh, um I can't remember the words out version how about that <laughs> how about have have your listeners answer that for us what are we yeah. trying to say what is the word that I'm thinking of when it, the instrumental version yes the instrumental version got it Got it. Pulled it out right there at the back. <laughs> uh, okay. No, that is that is a fantastic answer. I love it. Um, and I got to tell you, Megan, I have I have enjoyed every moment of this. It's been uh, really really interesting to me. I I love talking about marketing. I love hearing about people's processes. I love hearing about um, you know how how women leaders came to be who they are and hearing about where they're going. And and you have been so fascinating so thank you so much for being with us here today this has been absolutely my joy thank you so much for this Yay, i am so glad uh we're gonna have to have you come back and uh we will we will do more of a deep dive because it kills me that we're having to cut off this conversation startup hustles brought to you by fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button then come find us on instagram see you next time